Customer service is one of those things that gets the most mother love and lip service of all time. And most of us are barely good at it, right? Hey there, everyone. I'm Russ. And I'm Danny. And this is the Memory Makers Podcast. The show focused on helping you create amazing customer experiences and make more memories. Ever, ever Memory Makers remix. Guess what, Danny? We got a remix on a classic today, and I'm super jazzed up about it. I'm I'm excited about this one, too. Before we get into that, though, I do <laughs> want to share something that I did over the weekend that I'm I'm kind of excited to buy. So we've Hit got, me. you know, for those that don't know, I, I my wife and I live in the Denver area. And a couple years ago, Meow Wolf opened a location. And I've not been to any of their three locations that they've got open, uh, but we went over the weekend because we've been kind of, it's been on our list of things to do. And I'll tell you, it is unlike any experience I've ever done anywhere. Well, that's saying it's, something. It's wild. It is, it is creative. It's weird. It's mm-hmm. trippy. It, they, it's, imagine like, you have a building that's designed to be kind of like a maze and then every room is a different local artist that designs some sort of interactive exhibit in their own style groovy so it is strange and and i mean that in in the right way i'm sure that if uh you know the founder of meow wolf was listening to this he would go yes uh, mission accomplished it was weird good good weird I like it. Dude, that's so cool. Yeah, I have not had a chance to get to one of the Meow Wolf locations and super excited to check it out. But um, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Every time I hear the name of that, I just think back to Super Troopers where that Meow game that they play. And it's like, you stop that, right? Meow. <laughs> so again, just a little peeksy into what's going on upstairs with me. So enjoy. <laughs> oh, I so, do. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that the, the topic that we're going to be covering today is the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell, one of the greatest leadership books of all time. But we're going to do a little FEC remix on it, hence the terrible jingle at the top of this, um, where we want to talk about some of these principles and things that he lays out that are traditionally prescribed for how an individual can be a leader. And so we'll cover some of our favorite ones from it. But we're going to do a little FEC remix on how we can use these principles then to make our businesses the market leader in uh, in whatever, wherever we find ourselves. So with that, I think we're just going to jump right into it and get into the first one. So I started off with law number one. Don't worry, we're not going to hit all of the 21 laws. Um, we, this is a, a Reader's Digest version, hence the and you know also part of the remix. But this law number one. It's called the law of the lid. And a quote from the book in this section is the higher you want to climb, the more you need leadership, the greater the impact you want to make, the greater your influence needs to be. And essentially what this does is it boils down to a person's leadership ability determines their, where their success is going to get capped. And another way of saying just that your leadership and your effectiveness are completely interconnected and you can't have one without the other because it is what allows your success to actually happen is by being able to be a strong leader and have people on board with what you're trying to do. And so, Danny, I would love for your take on this kind of FEC application of how do we take this then, that principle of our, if we want impact and we have to have leadership in order to do that, if a business wants to be a market leader, how are they going to then take this more personal level piece and extrapolate that out? Yeah, so if we want to apply this to a family entertainment center business and think of it outside the strict leadership relationship that you have with your employees, 
instead of saying your leadership ability determines where success gets capped, you could say an FEC's emotional ability determines where the business's success gets capped. You know, this is an industry of emotions and memories um, and powerful emotions and memories. And the more that we look to create emotional connections with our guests that walk through the door at every point in our venues and in our locations, the more effective we are at getting them to come back more often, spend more time and spend more money. And so we, we take this from the lens of leadership. We kind of adjust that slightly for the FEC world and we say, oh, it's not just about leadership. It's about making emotional connections and finding ways to, to be able to put a smile on a kid's face and create those core memories that one, two, five, ten years from now, they're going to remember, and it's going to be a big part of who they are. We get the opportunity opportunity to do that every day in this industry. Mm-hmm. I like it. So all right, hit hit me with one. The next one. So we're going law number four. See, everybody, we're not going to hit all twenty-one. We're just going to take a few of these and kind of sprinkle them in there. <laughs> uh, so this one is called the law of navigation, and so a quote from the book. A leader is one who sees more than others see, who sees further than others see, and who sees before others do. Mm. So people will follow leaders due to their confidence, their positivity, their ability to communicate a, a greater portrait of, of the future, for them to be able to, to paint this picture. That's a little bit of a preview of what's coming <laughs> of the future. Um, and they give their followers purpose by letting them know, hey, I, this is what I see into the future, and this is the vision that I have, and here's how right now the things that you're doing as my employee, that you're contributing to us being able to move in that direction more swiftly and move further than you thought possible by all of us working together and, and from the vision of that leadership. Yeah. So the, the remix takeaway that I think about when I look at this law is, you know, back to that quote of a leader is one who sees more than others see, who sees farther than others do and sees it before others do. We do this constantly with looking at what do we have, you know, under our roof, right? Like what attractions do we have? What, you know, is this something that everyone else has? What's something new and exciting that we should be trying out to do this? What kind of food and beverage do we have? What's something new and different that we can have, right? It's, it's trying to be your own person and and looking at and being in tune with what your customers are, are enjoying and seeing, but finding new dialects and modalities that you can use to make those things come to life. And because we have this, you know, constant never ending improvement and of in, you know, entertainment arms race that seems to be happening, our industry is always forward looking and, and saying, okay, what is something that has, you know, mini golf, for example, right? Like the mini golf's been around for 120 years hasn't had a, a ton of huge changes except then over the last you know few years you're starting to see great new takes and digitalization and gamification that happens with this um, so that way we can meet needs in a way that they haven't been met before with this attraction um, and 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 speak it in a way that others are going to didn't even realize that it was something they wanted top golf was a great example of this as well right like driving ranges have been around forever all of a sudden we're going to take this technology we're going to infuse it and we're going to make golfing like a really high-end bowling experience with amazing food and beverage and all of that 
the folks that were putting together Top Golf weren't looking at you know at what has always been done and just taking something the same old same old way. They saw things that others didn't see. They looked further ahead, past the naysaying, and they they were able to try and do this ahead of when others were. And now everybody else is playing catch up. And so I felt like that was a, a really good you know law for us to to take a look at with this because it definitely. We are constantly reinventing and reimagining things in a way that, you know, meeting needs before people even realize that it was something that they wanted. And, you know, going back to what we talked about at the very beginning of this episode, Meow Wolf, mm-hmm. the founder of Meow Wolf is an example of someone who's seeing further than others see and before they do. The whole concept of what that is is so different in, it's not a family entertainment center, but it's still in the location-based entertainment world. Mm -hmm. It's part of our whole industry, but what they're doing is so different and so unique that if he would have pitched that, most people might have thought, that doesn't make any sense. I don't understand what this facility Mm -hmm. is, but he's been able to to now build three of them all very successful yeah. and I'm, I'm guessing there are more on the way i don't actually know yeah. but that's a really great example of that law of navigation and and uh, that venue and that company seeing a future that no one else saw well and it's also one of the reasons why entrepreneurs get so much frustration with things because they do have this vision and they're seeing what others don't see and so you're constantly having to get others to play catch up even when you're trying to get buy-in for the concept and funding and what is all this going to look at because I would be curious whether it's a Colonel Sanders getting passed on for a hundred and whatever many times on his concept for Kentucky Fried Chicken like how many times did Meow Wolf's get pitched at a you know at a private equity firm or traditional banks or any of that stuff and people are just going I what you're going to make and how is this going to be successful and what and so this is the game that we are in is doing things and creating new experiences that haven't been able to exist before uh and and really bringing all of that to light so that that may be one of my favorite ones as far as the remix side goes for sure um law number what did which one did we just do we just did number four so law number five the law of addition when you try to be a top dog you don't create loyalty if you can't give credit and take blame you will drown in your inability to inspire and so that was a quote from that section that i really really liked and this is something that definitely resonates with us and and so many of the folks that we love to work with of if you're being a good leader it is about making something bigger and and growing something and it's not about your personal successes it's about what's good for the team and what's going to get us where we need to go right it's that servant leadership mentality that you need to have if you're really going to have long lasting and sustainable success because otherwise it goes to the wayside very quickly because you either burn too many bridges you're not in it for the right reasons so you don't have the motivation to keep going with all of this And so being a true leader in my takeaway from this section is much more about serving your team and adding value to their lives on a one-to-one traditional interpretation of this law. So let's do the remix of that then. If we want our businesses to be a market leader, we have to add value to the communities we're in, Mm. right? Uh, What philanthropic efforts and charities are you, does your center participate in? How do you do your customers see your business serving a higher purpose to those in need? 
And it's one thing that I, I love when I look around this industry and, and uh, Armando and Kim, the owners of Creative Works, have done a presentation about this at multiple events of the, the business of generosity. There are so many amazing examples of whether it's a single location business or a multi-location chain or something larger than that um, of a franchise participating in giving to their community, participating in generosity, doing things that set themselves up in a very unique way because we, the kind of business that we're in of memories and fun and escape and celebrate all these different things, we have a unique position to provide memories to those who might be in need, whether it's a birthday party for families that may not be able to afford it or when there's a local disaster that strikes and being able to open your doors and let people in to be able to kind of escape some of the things that have happened in the community. There's so many different ways to get creative with the unique services and products that you offer. And there are so many great examples of people within our industry doing just that mm -hmm. and not only doing it, but not necessarily shouting it from the rooftops mm -hmm. because while yes, you may get, get good press coverage for doing those things they're not doing it because they want press coverage they're doing it because they know it's the right thing to do for their community and anything that might happen on the back end of that great it happens but that's not the reason for it so yeah. that's i think a really interesting remix there yeah and i think that ties even well into the next one that we're going to dive into here as well yeah and that's i kind of uh, a lot of these different laws are tied together. They don't live mm -hmm. in silos, right? Yeah. And this one I, I kind of prefaced earlier, this one's called the law of the picture. Mm -hmm. And so the quote from the book is, followers may doubt what their leaders say, but they usually believe what they do. And so the one of the most consistent differences between leaders and followers is that leaders constantly communicate the goal of a better future they've got that vision they know what the future looks like they know where they want to go but there is the uh, a difference between knowing that in your brain and being able to communicate that in a way to your team where not only do they understand it but they know what they can do today to contribute to get the company to get the business to move closer to that picture of the future mm-hmm um, and so being able to communicate and outline their mission and why their followers should get involved. And the followers are not just your employees. It could be members of your community as well. It could be part of the city council or whoever it is, depending on what your vision of the future looks like and how you want to impact that. It's not just the people in your payroll that you want to inspire and share that picture with. There are many other people outside those circles that may need to be involved. Well, and this for me all boils down to what's lip service versus what are your daily actions and how you're showing up and what, what are you consistently doing that is actually informing others of who you are and what you're about. And so when I think about this from the FEC, you know, remix side of it is again, like customer service is one of those things that gets the most mother love and lip service of all time. And most of us are barely good at it. Right. And so, it, and it just, it gets to be a thing because we have conversations with folks and they're like, well, we want to open this. We want to have the Disney approach. We want to have better customer service than anyone else that's in our market. What does that mean? Like what, how, how are you actually, what specific strategies, tools, services are you putting in place that actually help you stand out? Because having warm bodies in the room who are just there and, and you know, working it is great, but that's facilitating. That's not executing at a higher level. And so when I think about this piece, because it's, it's something that 
doesn't take a ton of extra work. It just takes more intentionality in small steps and really looking and measuring what are we consistently doing more of that others are not in order. And what, how are we thinking about the guest experience when they're walking in the door, when they're looking for a place to throw away their trash, when they're trying to go from one attraction to the next, how easy is it for them to spend more of their money or time because it's facilitating an opportunity for them to celebrate or escape with. And so in if you are just saying we're going to have a really good customer service, great. What are the specific, measurable, tangible things that you are going to do at very minute levels with the guest's experience in mind to make it better? And there's all kinds of positive things that you can do with this of whether it's, you know, frictionless pay systems to make it easier for folks to move throughout and and just not have to be disrupted from the fun, whether it's having your greeters at the door and spending a little bit more on the labor side to make sure that people see, see or feel seen and heard while they're there. Do you have employee autonomy where they can take and handle small problems from a guest experience that, you know, there's there's a gap in what they were expecting their experience to be? Do you have opportunities for your staff to immediately make that better, whether it's real or perceived, all of that nonsense to the side? How are we thinking about what things are going to happen and what would make it better when we know that people are coming into our doors to spend precious time and money to be able to celebrate and escape? Yeah, so. I've I've got nothing to add to that. That's <laughs> just I and and I get yeah, I get fired up about that one cuz it's just like but great, show me. Like please show me what that actually looks like for you. Because otherwise it's just going to be this weird thing that exists out in the out in the ether. Um so, next law, law number 15 is the law of victory. And the quote from the book is, victorious leaders possess an unwillingness to accept defeat. The alternative to winning is totally unacceptable to them. And what I translate this into is people with the most success have tenacity and passion, which is why they are winners. They are going to do whatever it takes not to lose. And, you know, it's, it's okay, if you don't have immediate success with this thing, it doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect at everything all the time, right? But it's that tenacity and that fortitude to stick with it and reinvent and readapt to make sure that we are serving what this greater force for good needs to be. And that higher why is what the victory is. And we are unwilling willing to accept defeat and not being a force for good and helping to create positive memories and experiences for people. You know, one of the things I'm actually going to do something we don't often do. I'm going to connect multiple episodes what? together. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go to the last episode um, that, that we recorded about the gap in the gain. Mm. Um, because one of the things that I find interesting here is that people may look at this and say, okay, well, that means failure is unacceptable. Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. You can still fail or make a mistake, but if you and your team learn from it and get better, then it's not actually failure. That's still success. And so I wanted to point that out because I think a lot of times people might look at that and go, well, I can never, ever fail. I have to be perfect all the time. That's Mm. not necessarily true. And it will never be true. You will make mistakes. You will screw up and you will fail. Hey, mm-hmm. I do it all the time. Russ, you do it all the time. We all do it all the time. Yeah. But it's a matter of when it happens. If we learn from it, it's still a success, right? Yeah. But it's that that ability to learn from that. I just wanted to drop that in there because I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. And, and the nuance that I always try to apply to that approach is, again, to your point, it's only a failure if we don't do anything different from it, right? So it may not be the picture that we had in our head and it may not have translated into the end result that we wanted, 
that doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean that it's a failure in, in that whole piece, unless we just don't do anything with it and say, okay, ne- you know, never again, all of that. Like Craig Buster talks about this, uh, with, you know, with whether it was opening a, you know, multi six figure dollar restaurant in his facility. And that thing did not go well. It ended up not being financially a success, but there was a ton of process and decision-making criteria and all of these other things that he was then able to apply for all future endeavors that they were putting into their their piece. And so while they are expensive lessons, that doesn't necessarily translate them to being, you know, a, a, a long-term failure from that standpoint, because there's so much more good that can come from that if we are willing to be humble and evaluate what we can do better in order to make that a success in the future. And when we think about this law of victory and the FEC remix of this is really comes down to taking massive action because Mm. victory will never come without putting the work and taking massive action. It has to happen. And so for us and the way that we thought about this is taking massive action to make sure that every customer that comes through the door has a positive experience. We can be a market leader by constant improvement, constant and never-ending improvement, C-A-N-I, can I, constant never-ending improvement, having a dedication to being a force for good, to not giving lip service to customer service, but actually putting in the steps and giving our staff the autonomy to within a certain level of freedom, be able to make things right with customers and to be able to go above and beyond and to be able to put a smile on that kid's face or to be able to make sure that parent's happy. Take that massive action and make sure that your guests that leave the venue leave with a lasting impression, a lasting good impression um, of your venue and the services and the experience that you offered and the memories that you helped create. And so Mm -hmm. we feel that being able to take some of these individual personal leadership lessons and apply them to how does this work in the amusement world and how can you practically input this into your own venue to be able to make sure that you can uh, achieve victory, that you've got that law of the picture that you have, or you're able to see the vision of the future and all these different things and to be able to inspire your team, inspire your community and connect in a way that maybe you haven't been able to do before. Mm, I love it. I love so it. That, that's all I got. That's me wrapping it up, Russ. Bingo, bingo. Well, on that note, we've got more content coming your guys' way. As usual, we've got uh, some new guests that are going to be coming on, some fun new deep dives into some different topics that you guys have been suggesting for us. So we're excited to bring that to you in the upcoming weekly episodes. And um, yeah, be sure to come back and check it out because there's always more good stuff cooking in here. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. And we always appreciate that five stars. Please and thank you. If you've got ideas for future topics or guests, follow us on social media, send us a DM. Shout out to Mikey Mike on the ones and twos working the ultranet. And thank you guys so much for joining us. And we will see you on the next one. The laws. I wish I had a gavel. One second. Waiting on you, Danny. Right now. We're dorks, dude. All right, gang. I'm off like a prom dress. (laughs) See ya.